Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 90. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have another coaching call for you. I know that these are so great. So many of you love being able to hear me coaching somebody and just seeing coaching in action. And I'm so excited to be able to share this coaching call with Charlotte. So Charlotte lives in Singapore. She's totally amazing. And she asked for coaching on how to be more disciplined in her life regarding food. She has a lot of discipline in other areas of her life, and she has a lot of structure in other areas of her life, but she felt like in her personal life, she just really wasn't able to get that together. And so I want you to pay attention as you're listening to this call about how it really isn't even about the food and how it's not even really about the discipline and how we end up digging deeper and getting into to what her opinion is of herself and how that is actually the main issue here. And so I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I think her story will resonate with so many of you who really feel like you've got this great life. It's just this one thing that you still aren't able to conquer. So enjoy my coaching call with Charlotte and have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So You were telling me that you wanted to have more discipline in your life, in your personal life, because you have quite a bit of discipline in your work life. And then there's this disconnect. So tell me more about that. 
So I feel that at work, I need to be disciplined because, you know, to achieve the goals of, that I set out for the day. So I'll set out in the morning with a whole agenda and a to-do list. You know how, how we are at this stage in our career. I'm 25 years out of med school. You have to have a whole schedule out there and you follow that to the T and you have meetings and in some leadership roles, you have to make sure that you fulfill the deadlines. And I'm a researcher as well. So there's projects going on and you're so good at multitasking and you feel so accomplished when you manage to publish and then take care of your patients as well. And, you know, the usual stuff that all of us do. And then you're a mom as well. And then you have the kids and you try and you religiously follow the things that the kids need and you make sure that everybody's happy around you, including the dog and the house and everything else. <laughs> right. Don't it's forget the dog. And <laughs> <laughs> um, that's partly pleasure. In Singapore, right. we're very lucky because we have full-time health. So in, in that way, I can compare myself to my sister in New York where, you know, it's harder for them I and mean, harder for you guys. And I, I'm sure I would have been the same if I was there. So at least that way I have some help here. It's, you know, available and it, they're, they're wonderful people who help you out. So in that way, that's good. But then at the same time, I feel that when it comes to my own image and my own need for being calm and my own time to reflect or you know, I have these apps on my phone, but I never have time or make it a priority to do that. I don't focus so much on my diet, although I have managed to get a personal trainer and I'm trying to lose weight and I follow that. But I know I'm cheating here and there. I know I'm lazy. I know I'm not able to keep up with it. And there's something inside me that keeps making me not do it. And I know what I need to do, but I will not do it. And that's where the discipline or lack of discipline comes in, where I can be so good with my professional life. And even that includes being a mom. And I'm just so bad at being myself and for things that I know I should do. My cholesterol is high. I'm on statins, but, and my blood pressure as well. I had a period of PVCs a few years ago and the cardiologist in the end just said, look, you're fine. You just need to calm down. And (laughs) the typical type A personality. So why can't I do that when I know that I should? Yeah. For myself. So why do you think that is the case? Why do you think you don't prioritize yourself? Well, I think part of it is that I'm not a priority for myself, I feel. And that doesn't mean I don't like myself. I'm not I'm not a I don't pity myself. I don't feel I don't have a victim com- complex at all. I feel I'm really privileged and I'm lucky to be where I am. And I feel self-accomplished for what I do. And I think I do things well, and I'm proud of it. But when it comes to myself, when I put my mind to it, like if I have an event, I can lose five pounds over a week. You know, you starve or you do whatever. And I know it's a goal. And when I look at it as a goal, I can accomplish it. But when it's to maintain it, I kind of go and sabotage the whole program. (laughs) I do it deliberately. So there's something going on, which I feel stems from perhaps not, feeling that this is as important as other things are. Or you have to give somewhere and this is where you should give. Mm, Okay. And I know you've talked about it in your podcast in many ways, happiness and finding time for yourself, et cetera. And, you know, it's all there. If you think about it, if you listen to various people, it's all there. But it just never makes, it just doesn't make a change so far. Right, right. 
So when you think about prioritizing self-care, so however that looks, whether that's taking time to yourself, eating the way you're supposed to eat, working out with a trainer, whatever, what do you think about that? I feel good when I do it. Like I'll start out the day, I'll tell you a typical day in the operating room, as many operating rooms around the world. We always have a pantry or a den or whatever you want to call it, a little place with lots of bad food. <laughs> and so you start out the day in the morning, you've had a very healthy breakfast and the trainers told you high protein, <laughs> all the eggs. Mm. And then you start out feeling really good with your one cup of coffee and you say, okay, I'm going to start my first case. And then by the time it's the third case, then, you know, the cookies and the, the whatever is there is so tempting. And then you have your salad for lunch and you feel miserable because it's cold and you need, you've had a bad case and somebody's nearly tried to die on you. Like today I had a 97 year old whose heart stopped and it took all of me to get her back. And, you know, what do I do? I go back and I have a cookie and coffee and there goes every thought of being disciplined because you, you, when I can do it very well on a weekend or when I'm home, I can do the run, I can skip lunch, I can do all that. But when it's work, it just destroys mm -hmm. everything else. You know? And I remember being a surgical intern and roaming the halls in the middle of the night and eating snacks and just jumping on a Snickers and a Diet Coke. That's all I had. Dove bar, you know, we, that was me. <laughs> I know you wanted to be an orthopodist. Wise move not to. It's so funny. So, so this is what's so interesting. I just want to kind of point this out. What you're describing, right, is that as much as you love your job and it's great in so many ways, there is for sure a stress element there, right? Just like when you're telling me about, you know, the 97 year old woman who tried to die and then you got her back, and so it was a good outcome, right? Like it all worked out. Yet there's still a lot of stress there. There's some yeah. sort of feeling that you want to go away. And the cookie definitely yeah. does that for you. Yeah, right? it's comfort food. Comfort it's food, warm yeah. And, and you don't want to, you're in a cold environment. You're in an unfriendly environment, hostile. And then it gives you so much more comfort. And then, you know, all your good intentions go out. Yeah. But there has to be a limit to that because this goes on and on day after day after day. Mm -hmm. It's right. not a one-off. And mm -hmm. the tires are on my waist are unforgiving at 48. <laughs> right. So now, so now right. it's no longer, you know, funny. It's, it's something that's yeah. really bothering me and it yeah. works on my self-esteem. I think it's affecting my marriage and how I look at things, how I look at people. So it's something that when I was younger, it was forgiving. Yes, I could, you know, on my holiday and my vacation, I could just run and it'll all go off. Yeah. And now it's not doing that. Right. That's what happens as we get older, for sure. <laughs> That's what happens in the 40s. It's like, wait a minute, why does my body not respond? It's attached to your emotions. So yeah. I could, I could yeah. uh, so the happiness that you talked about in your last pod podcast, that you know, you find little bits of happiness. And today when I was going to work, I was just looking at the, the rainbow out there and we get lots of rainbows in Singapore. Oh, fine. And it made me happy. But then I thought, okay, but then there's, there's other stuff that's making me sad. So how do I balance that out? You know, there's happiness, right. but it's not sustainable. I'm not a depressive person. I hate being depressed and I don't like it. I just shake it off. And I find happiness in my dog and my kids and different things, you know, even, even being in the unit for a week, it, I do get a smile on my face. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I, it's not that I'm sad, but it's just that, you know, having the weight makes 
it a little less happy. Right. Everything is less happy. Yeah. Well, so what I want to to show you though, is like, you just told me, like, I don't feel like being, you know, I don't like being depressed. I don't like feeling those sad emotions. I just kind of shake that off. I think that's one reason you're searching for comfort after you've had a stressful case or, you know, there's some, like, I, I mean, I would imagine that when somebody's trying to die and you're doing everything, pulling out all the stops, you have a physical response to that too. I mean, you have got, you know, the full adrenaline rush and right. Like your body is like amped up. And you're looking for a way to soothe yourself, to calm yourself down. And that comfort comes in the way of sugar and flour, right? What I want you to see is just why you do that. It's not because of like a weakness or because a lack of discipline or anything like that. What you're looking for is to feel differently than you are physically in your body, right? Possibly some of the way you feel is created by, you know, whatever your thoughts were. I mean, in this case, you probably were really relieved, but maybe you were spending a lot of time replaying it over in your head or what could we have done so that that didn't happen or, you know, things like that. And then you're just looking for a break from that. And that's where the cookie helps. And so like you were saying, you're like, you know, but you can't do it all the time. Well, when that's how you make yourself feel better, then of course you're not even, this isn't even a conscious process. Then it's just like, well, it's cookie time, right? It's like, <laughs> like now's the time you have a cookie and your brain's just suggesting that as this is what we do. Like, this is just how we roll. We've had our, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a hard time. It was terrible. And who cares about my diet right now? Right. Right. You justify it. And then you keep justifying things. And that's so wrong because it takes so much effort to get rid of that one cookie. Right. And, And it's what it is, is it's trading discomfort in the moment for discomfort in the future. It's saying like right now in the moment, I'm just going to do this nice thing for myself and I'll deal with the consequences later. But then later comes, and like you were saying, everything's just a little less happy. Like overall, then it dampens the whole enjoyment of your life because of the pushing off of dealing with the consequences later. And so that is, I mean, that's for anybody who is having trouble sticking to their plan really what it comes down to, and I see this in my clients all the time, where they're like, okay, I, I'm gonna today, this is it, I'm following my plan 100%. And by the next day, they're like eating off the kid's plate again. And it's like, what is that all about? And it's it, it has nothing to do with the food. It has everything to do with how you're feeling and being actually connected to that. And even just experimenting with the idea of like, okay, it's cookie time. What might it be like for me to not have the cookie? And to just feel what I'm feeling right now and actually be curious about what I'm feeling right now. Because when you eat the cookie, it just wipes it away, right? It helps you to forget it. Like you're saying, like, I don't like feeling depressed. I don't like, you know, feeling those negative emotions. That's part of the problem in terms of, you know, the better you get at feeling that, the more you go like, yeah, okay, this is one of those moments where, wow, that took a lot out of me. Whatever you know you're feeling that was really depleting or really exhausting or whatever, and I actually don't need more food right now. What I need is a moment to maybe sit and breathe or just to you know drink some water or whatever it is. It's just that in your brain, the pattern has been reinforced so many times that yeah, when you feel this way, you eat yeah. exactly it's easy, yeah, and you're looking for comfort, like you can eat the salad, but then you're like, "Oh, but it wasn't warm, and it doesn't feel so good to me right instead it, it, then it's like, "Oh, then I should eat something else, so I can achieve that feeling versus going, "Yeah, not every meal is going to be amazing. Sometimes I just have my cold salad, 
and it's just fuel for my body so I can keep going. Like it's, it's this sort of an idea, really, when you think about it, it's a little bit of an entitlement kind of a thing. It's a little bit of emotional childhood of feeling like, you know, it's sort of like our right to feel comforted. Very childish. It's a very, I feel very primitive when I, when I behave that way, because it's so against what I am. I'm, I'm generally a very sort of mature person. And, and right. you know, I know like you're I, highly successful in your life. I mean, you're, you've got like, you know, this amazing career and, but I feel that here, I feel like a failure and then it's a cycle. Right. I fall for this temptation and I feel like I failed and then it's depressing and I'm angry with myself and then it comes again. The next day I start again. Okay. I fasted overnight. So the morning I'm fresh and the funny thing is the more satiety I feel, the more full I feel. I'm not a binger, so I'm not going to, I don't binge on food, but in the morning when I'm not full, I feel good. I feel really good. And I feel mm-hmm. like I have a head start and I'm not, I'm not nearly there. But then as I, at the end of the day, when I'm eating a lot, I come home and I'm looking through cupboards too, or the fridge, you know, yeah. reading pantry food. surfing. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something in here. <laughs> I know my poor helper, my, we call them helpers, my, the nanny at home. She has yeah. this little fresh juice and something healthy for me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, enough of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Let's go for the real stuff. And, right. You know, so, right. and we don't stock bad things in the house. We don't have fried, you know, we don't have chips and stuff like that, but but there is always something which you shouldn't be having or you're full and you still you want that gratification. Oh, and I feel wonder. terrible afterwards because yeah. then I go to the gym and I feel like, what's the point? You know, I'm just ruined. I could have, I could have had that head start of not feeling full and moving on and just doing my exercise and that'd be great. Now I have to burn off an extra 400 calories and I did this to myself. So, yeah. well, what's so interesting is you, you know, I, you basically just gave me a model not long ago, just what, with what you were saying, you were saying how, you know, once you've eaten the food, then your thought is I failed and you feel depressed. And then what you, the action you take is you basically beat yourself up, right? You have negative thoughts about yourself. And then that result is that you eat to feel better, right? Which perpetuates the I failed right? Like we really are kind of like, I just don't understand why I can't get myself to do this, but we're using like self-flagellation as the, you know, thinking that that's going to motivate, right? Like when you're beating yourself up and you have so much evidence of this, right? Like you don't do what you're supposed to do. Then you feel bad about that. Then you beat yourself up and then you're better for like a moment and then you do it again and then you just beat yourself up. And so your opinion of yourself in this area of your life becomes lower and lower and lower. And then you're like, why do I even bother? Right. Then you start giving up on yourself and there's an element of hopelessness there. Like I can't even figure this out. So I feel it's a self-esteem problem, but when I think about it rationally, I don't have a self-esteem problem. Right. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, but when I, I subconsciously, I, I guess I don't like myself. Yeah. And I cannot, 
you know, overemphasize how important it is that you recognize this because there's very surface level thoughts that we have or opinions we have, or we're like, I, you know, I'm amazing. I'm great. Look at me on paper. Like this is right. Like I've got this, I have nothing to complain about. Everything is amazing. I really do think I'm, you know, I have good self-worth and I'm, and I contribute to this world and I'm a great person, but you know, there'll be like this deep down little core issue. And it's kind of getting down to what that is. And in your case, it really could be sort of a bit of a self-esteem thing or just thinking that that putting the time and effort into taking care of yourself isn't as important as all of the work stuff, making sure everybody at home, you know, has everything that they need. And, you know, when you see where you are on the priority list, that's a reflection of what your thoughts are about yourself. Right. So, and then, and then it's like, I don't think very highly of myself. The only way I can feel highly about myself is to lose the weight and do all the things that I'm supposed to do. So then when I don't do those things, rather than going, well, I love myself anyway, unconditionally, which would feel, you know, it feels very different. It's like, let me just like beat myself up again, thinking that's somehow going to help me to do better in the future. And as you have, I mean, you know, you have a lot of evidence that that's not helping you. It's not motivating you to do what you want to do at all. So the, the, the very first thing to do here is just to see this, just to understand like, oh, that's why I do it. Not because that's why I'm eating this food, right? When I'm beating myself up and I already have a negative opinion of myself, and then I have a stressful case, of course, I'm going to eat a cookie to feel better, right? Like, of course, I'm looking for some comfort because being me inside can be pretty uncomfortable, yeah, right? right? <laughs> you know, like the thoughts that I think about myself at times, of course, I'm looking for some comfort. And that comfort comes in the form of something that continues to not give you the results that you want, right? It's just another way of beating yourself up or feeling negatively about yourself. So, so what do you think about that? I, I know this <laughs> because it's it's something which any intelligent person can put together. It's a matter of believing it. And at the right time when you're weak, you have to have conviction in it when you're weak to have the self, self-confidence self that, okay, I can get over this. I can control this. Yeah, It's a control that you lose. And it's almost as if you have a split personality and there's one personality which is working against the other one. Yeah. And you know, it's sort of like what Glenn and Melton talks about. She talks about, you know, kind of sending out your representative into the world, right? Your representative is the one who follows her schedule and does everything and goes to all the meetings and publishes and is, you know, amazing in the OR and right. But then there's the real you that you're like, you know, but I'm someone who is experiencing, you know, a significant amount of emotional pain at times. And, but then it's just like, let me just shut that off and send out my representative And she runs my life. Meanwhile, I'm kind of, you know, back here. This is what's so interesting is sometimes I recommend actually taking a break from even trying to lose weight for a while while you work on your relationship with yourself, because the the goal of trying to lose weight is just another way for you to distract yourself from what's really going on for you. In the sense that it's more important to spend time developing that relationship with yourself than to, okay, now today I'm really going to not eat the cookie and then eating it. And then it's just, you know, this, it just perpetuates that cycle again. Instead going, okay, what do I actually think about myself? What is my opinion? And not what should it be? Or isn't this horrifying that this is what, you know, I think about myself because that's just another way of beating yourself up. Instead, it's going, okay, I want to figure out 
what's actually going on for me. There's two things I was thinking as you were talking though about it in in terms of weight loss and and focusing on that, your commitment is really important. Like why you actually want to do this. And if you're if the reason you want to lose weight is so that you can think more positively about yourself, you're going to be in for a big disappointment. And the reason why is you're going to lose some weight. And like you said, maintenance is harder, right? Like if that's, you know, you might get to a point where you're like, oh, my body still doesn't look the way I would like it to, or sure, I lost this weight, but you know, now there's something else that's wrong with me. You know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's so much more about what you, about loving yourself no matter what. But then also knowing like, why do I want to do that? If your goal is I want to get off my statin and I want to, you know, get off my blood pressure medication. I mean, those are measurable goals, right? Like I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to know I've achieved that goal when I don't need to be on those anymore. And that's a way that I can love myself is taking care of myself well enough, you know, whatever that ends up looking like in order to, you know, either reduce those medications or get off of them completely you know, focusing on that rather than like, okay, now I need to sort of beat my body into submission or I need to starve myself or I need to this and that so I can lose these couple of pounds, right? Do you see that difference? Like just knowing like, this is why I'm actually doing it. The other concept that I think can be super helpful when you're like, okay, I see that I have these beliefs about myself and I see that they don't serve me, but I don't know how to think differently, right? For many of us, it's been like decades, maybe since you were even a kid, right? That where you're just kind of on this achievement treadmill and just like, I need to achieve more. And if I'm not, then I don't think positively about myself. And then here's like the complete perpetuation of that again, because I'm not achieving in my health and my weight. So I feel bad about myself. Instead, what you can think of is who the woman might be who shows up in her life, the way that you want to show up in your life. So, you know, thinking about, you know, a woman who is an anesthesiologist, who also does research and also does critical care and has a couple of kids and doesn't eat the cookie, right? Actually eats what just the fuel that her body needs. Of course, she has, you know, enjoy some food, you know, maybe off her plan every now and then, but just not all the time, like you're saying. And how does she act in her life? And then just playing with like, I wonder how she feels and what she thinks when she's making those decisions. Because the way that she acts in her life is everything on the A line, on the action line of the model. And we know that feelings drive our actions and thoughts create our feelings. So it's just kind of playing around. And if you know somebody who's like this, you can ask. But if you don't, you can just imagine like, I wonder what she thinks about something similar where you end up eating off plan, but you know, she's in a similar situation and doesn't do that. Like what might she be thinking and how might that make her feel so that she is taking those actions and getting those results that she wants? It's basically in order for you to get the results that you want, you have to become a different person. You know, someone that you don't really know who she is right now. And that is one reason why you feel like you don't have a lot of guidance or you don't really know where you're going, right? You're like, I don't know, but me doesn't do that. So I don't know how to <laughs> how to get to that other person. And so it seems like a little kind of weird at first, but seriously, you kind of just imagine like, who is that person? How does she have a life like mine? And actually takes the actions that I want to be taking. 
And then you create those models, you figure out what those models may be, and then you try them out for yourself. So then when you have that desire to eat something to comfort yourself, instead going, okay, what might be different? Like, how can I try something different? Let me try this new thought on that this other person might be thinking and see if I can create that feeling for myself so that I take this action that I know I want to take. You know, is she more willing to just feel that discomfort? Does she just go, of course you want the cookie, but it's okay. You don't need a cookie right now. Similar to what we'd say to one of our kids, right? Where it's like, yeah, of course it would taste good, but like you've had enough sugar, probably not today. Something like that. You know, it it really is just playing around with figuring out who that person is and then pretending to be her, like pretending like in the sense of like being an actor, you know, like taking on that role and going like, if I were her today, how might she live my life? And then just trying it out and becoming, you know, t- taking the parts that work for you and actually becoming that person. So it's not like leaving behind, like you're, you know, completely losing your, your identity, but you're leaving behind the identity of someone who thinks she doesn't have good self-discipline, somebody who thinks that she just can't get this together, that she fails at this all the time. Instead of going, you know, what might be a different way of thinking about this? My, you know, if somebody else wanted to lose some weight and they weren't beating themselves up, how else might they think about it? Now, this is something that's pretty personal and individual because what works for you might not work for me, right? Like we, we kind of have to play around with it and see, but it ultimately comes down to having that commitment to this process and then prioritizing it. So I find that with my clients all the time who work with me where it's kind of like, you know, they haven't spent any time barely at all, really focusing on themselves. And it feels so that even feels foreign, right? You might be like, well, maybe she's someone who actually is in tune with what she's thinking and feeling. And that requires me to take 10, 15 minutes every night to just do a little thought download, figure out what's going on for me, reevaluating what happened. You know, like often, you know, we eat the cookie, then we're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. I'm like, okay, just forget it. Just do better next time. We don't spend any time thinking about why was the cookie the answer in that moment? Like, what was it that I was feeling that was so uncomfortable that I really needed to have a cookie to feel better? And could I have just practiced feeling that? Like, what might it be like to just experiment with that? Not even saying that it's better. Maybe the cookie's better. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows, right? (laughs) But maybe you can go like, oh, you know what? Like, I actually just sat with myself for a moment and it actually wasn't that bad. Huh. Turns out I can actually comfort myself by just changing my thoughts and being with myself instead of wanting to escape myself by eating food. But the way you figure that out is just with experimentation and with taking the time to actually think about it a little bit, right? So, so the other thing that I, we all know is like, you know, you can't, what is, I, I always get this, this saying wrong, but it's like, you know, you can't, I don't know, something like, you know, give from an empty well or drink from an empty cup or I don't know, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you have to be taking care of yourself before you can really give everything to everyone else. And in this case, what I want to suggest as an option, just something for you to play around with in your mind is, you know, your life is amazing as it is, but just playing around with the idea of like, how might it be even better if you actually had a positive opinion of yourself and were taking care of yourself. Like how might you show up differently in your life in other areas where you're already showing up great, right? But you know, like it's not like there's a problem, but how might it take 
your whole life to the next level. Like maybe how, you know, your marriage is, your relationship with your kids, how you're showing up and doing things in your job. If you had this strong relationship with yourself where you knew that you would do what you said you were going to do in all areas of your life, if there's one person you can count on, it's you, right? right? Like just how that might be different. And if that's something you want to work toward, right? That, that's, that's how you start getting the idea of like, that might actually be a better life. And maybe I'm willing to feel uncomfortable in the moment in order to work toward achieving that rather than like the roll around your belly. You know what I mean? Like that's so superficial, not superficial in the sense like you're a shallow person, but superficial in terms of like, that's not what's really going on. You know, it's like it, it, the size of the clothes or like the couple extra pounds or whatever, or even maybe a lot of extra pounds for some people, like all of that becomes a non-issue. That weight goes away when you have taken care of the other emotional issues. So rather than like, I need a different diet plan and I need someone to hold me accountable and I need this and that. No, what you need is that relationship with yourself where you know you've got you and you know that you can feel any emotion that you experience and you don't need food to rescue you from that. Then the weight comes off because you're not overeating anymore. Right? So it's just, it's different than what we want to focus on. We're like, no, I need to know measurements. How much food, you know? <laughs> right, calories. Right, right. So tell me what you think about all of that. No, I think it, it's, it sounds right. And it, it really resonates with, with the core issue. You know, it's not something very superficial. It's difficult to do, which, which means that I'll have to do a lot more reflection when the time comes, when the moment of weakness comes. And I think if I do take a break and move myself out of that environment, that might help because I'm able to do it when I'm not in the hospital, when I'm not in that operating room. And I can practice it. I'm not even hungry when I'm at home. It's so funny. It's only when I'm in the, right. the operating And I so spend a lot of time there. But. Yeah. But so you can see then that, you, that a lot of that hunger that you have is emotional hunger. It's created yeah. by your thoughts. It's not true physical hunger. And sometimes it really is like, you know, well, I don't know, is this actual hunger or not? Like, I'm not even sure. Like, and this is all going on in your head. I mean, you can be doing other things. You can move, be moving a patient going, gosh, I'm hungry. Oh, hmm, interesting. Is that true hunger? Where is it in my body? Is it over my stomach or is it more like in my chest or kind of in my throat? Did it come on super suddenly? like really quickly, like yeah. usually actual physical hunger takes a little longer to ramp up. You know, it's a little bit of a... It's not possible because I would have had just had lunch and then I'm still going and snacking in the... Yeah, in the, yeah. It's not just because it's there, it's because it's just... I'm not satiated. Yeah, right. And exactly. It's like the food isn't even what you need when you're emotionally hungry. It's like yeah. all the food does is it fills you up and dulls the difficult, the, the uncomfortable emotion that you're feeling, it dulls that sensation with fullness. It's like a distraction, but you're right. It's like, it's not even what you need. It's like, yeah. I should, I'm eating this, I'm eating that. Like, it's like, why am I even eating this? It's like not... You're prowling, you're prowling for food. Right, prowling, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This isn't even what I'm needing right now. But that awareness, that willingness to go like, huh, okay, like, look at me. I actually just ate that. Because at first, it's probably going to be right after you've eaten it that you'll notice it and go, interesting. Okay. So what was going on for me right before I decided I was going to eat that thing? You know, and, and tapping into that. Then 
The next thing we work toward is while you're eating it to recognize it and going, oh, wait, oh, I'm doing this. Let me just put that down and see if I can just even stop in mid eating. And then we work toward catching it beforehand going, oh, okay, this hunger is actually not true physical hunger. This is just emotional hunger. I've actually had plenty of food. Let me just see. Let me just wait. Let me spend some time thinking about what I'm actually feeling right now and what thoughts are creating that. And maybe there's a different way of thinking about that, that will make me feel the way that I want to feel, you know? And, but then while at the same time having some compassion, like, let's just say, let's go to like kind of worst case scenario, like say, you know, a patient dies on the table or something, right. That you didn't expect. Right. Then if you are feeling really horrible about it, right. Like having some compassion for yourself, right. Like that feels bad. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't feel hungry at all. Okay. I I mean, that would be true. That's like that. Those emotions are so difficult that you wouldn't want to eat. Okay. Really being upset. This is partly in jest. It's like as if I'm not taking things seriously. I'm just eating because it, I don't care. It's like a yeah. And then I, I went, kind I of a rebellion, eat. right? It's kind of like a don't tell me what to do kind of like childlike thing, you know. <laughs> and what bothers me is that if I if I enjoy my work so much. Why am I reacting this way when the stress gets high? In anesthesia, it's always up and down. You know, we yeah. have this highs before intubation and then it goes away. And there's a lot of dull periods as well where you do nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're sitting there and hmm, it's a nice ASA one case. But then there are periods of severe anxiety and tachycardia and, you know, the cortisol yeah. must be high. So, so it, it doesn't even make physiologic sense to you know not enjoy that or not like that and then go and eat so i i really do like my work and then i wonder why am i why why do i have this need yeah. which is not really hunger but why do yeah. i have this need when i so I what i want to offer to you though is that thought of like i really like my job and i really like everything i think that that actually blocks you from figuring out what it is right it's oh. like but if everything's so great why do i do this maybe everything isn't so great You know, like maybe there really is something. I think sometimes we're so worried or afraid to actually delve into that because we might be afraid of what we're going to find. And what if I don't like it? Does that mean I'm going to not like the rest of my career? And it doesn't mean that at all. Like maybe what you're going to find is, you know what? Like I actually like this part and this part and this part, but this one part, I don't really like it that much. It doesn't make me feel that good. If I had my choice, I wouldn't do it but it's part of the deal. So then what can I do to change my thinking about it so that it isn't so difficult for me anymore? You don't have to have it be your favorite part, but getting to a place where it actually is something that's more tolerable so that you figure out that is the part that I need to work on, right? So rather than like, everything is so great and I love my job and everything is so amazing, but there's, I would have said the same thing when I was in practice. I have nothing to complain about. I have the most amazing patients. I just fell into this great patient panel and, and I, it's everything's so amazing. Except why was I stuffing my face with animal crackers at the end of the day? Right? Because I was <laughs> really stressed in a lot of other ways that I wouldn't even let myself see. So I want to offer that that thinking, I think blocks you from figuring out what it really is. So it doesn't mean that you have to think the other, like, I don't like my job. It doesn't mean that at all. 
but instead going, there's lots of parts of my job I like, and there's some parts that stress me out. And I'm figuring out what those parts are, figuring out what those parts are that make it so that by the end of the day, I just am looking for comfort like crazy. And so, you know, I don't know what that is for you, but it's there for you. It's just working to open up your brain, unblocking your brain from seeing what that is. And really the best way to do that is to ask yourself better questions. You know, what is it that's making me stressed out? What is it that's making me think that eating something right now, even though I just ate an hour ago, is a good idea? Is it that I want to reward myself for, you know, the hard work that I did? Like, is it sort of like a celebration type of thing? It may not even be a negative emotion. It might be like, pat on the back. I was amazing in there. Like, let me eat something to celebrate. Like, oh, I see that pattern. You know, like whatever it ends up being, but that awareness and just paying attention and being curious without judgment is how you're going to figure that out, right? Just going, let me just see. Let me just see what is going on. I'm I'm feeling like I really want to eat something. I wonder what that's about. Rather than like, okay, let me just eat it. Screw everything. (laughs) Like I deserve it. You know, like maybe it's a thought of like, I deserve it. That that's the, that, that is the problem. You know, like I have this entitlement kind of a thing or whatever it ends up being. But that's, that is how you start figuring it out. It's not that you need more discipline. You have tons of discipline, right? You told me all the things that you're, your to-do lists and agendas and I mean, you've got discipline for days. That's not the problem. It's figuring out what it is that's going on that is so intolerable or the perception of it is that it's so intolerable that food is the answer. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That's- you are so welcome. You're so welcome. And thanks for raising your hand and, yeah. and doing this for everybody. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for your time. This is great. And it's, it's such an honor to meet you. <laughs> you too. It's so fun. Video chat with you. Thank you very much. We really enjoy your, your podcast. That's so great. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubelmd.com and click on free resources.